If you can get that mic just slightly closer to your mouth. Yeah. How's this? That's better. Okay. Volume control. <laughs> All right. You ready to get started? Yeah. All right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. to another episode of the LO Gaming Podcast, the last episode of the year. Oh. <laughs> no, I committed to doing this podcast for a year, and we've been posting since June. Yeah. So I have until June to figure out whether or not I want, still want to do this. But okay. currently, this is just the last episode of the year. The past two, three months have been kind of erratic for episodes because... People are busy. 2020. Yeah, it's 2020. <laughs> People are busy. Plus, we had Thanksgiving. We're coming up on Christmas yeah. super fast. So getting two episodes in this month was just ridiculous. Only got the one episode out last uh, month in November because, you know, stuff. You know, it's called COVID. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway, introducing myself, my name is James, as always, and I am joined once again by my good buddy, Brandon. Hello. Yep. And... <laughs> We are going to talk about one of our favorite things, and that is Metal Gear. Well, the Metal Gear Solid. The Metal Gear series. Yeah. Yeah. And just... Don't have much experience with Metal Gear. Yeah, what it means to us, what it means, what what it's meant meant to our gaming life, and just our love of this game. And this is my Christmas gift to me, (laughs) because (laughs) I've just been wanting to talk about Metal Gear and... I thought, hey, if nobody else uh, is interested in Metal Gear and just wants to turn this off, go right ahead. This is this is for me and yeah. for Brandon and if, anybody if, else. If you love Metal Gear, though, stick around. You uh, might hear something you like. Yeah, who, who knows? <laughs> Brandon's bringing in the low, dulcet, yes. raspy tones. <laughs> but with that said, though, uh, first... I want to talk to you about your first experience with the PlayStation 5. Oh, um, the controller. Yes. Blew me out of the water. I love the controller. The PlayStation 5 itself, like, yeah, it looks good and everything plays good, but the technology they have in that controller is amazing. Yeah, yeah. the, the look on your face. I think that's my favorite part about anybody getting their hands on the controller for the first time Yeah, is just the look on their faces. Because when it came to Eric or you or even Tyler, when they put their, yeah. it's always, you see their eyes just go it's wide. Like, What's this? Ooh. Exactly. Oh, okay. Like I they, see now. They go silent. <laughs> their mouth kind of hangs open just a tiny bit. An eyebrow might raise, <laughs> but their eyes always go a little bit wider and their brows kind of scrunch up sometimes. Mm. And there's this like, Oh, I get it now. Yeah, that's what they're raving about. Yeah. I mean, it's re- just a dual sense. Yeah, dual shock, right? No, it's dual sense. Right. Everything from the speaker down to the touchpad and all the way to the most uh, significant feature, which is the adaptive triggers. Yeah, everything. I mean, it's like the resistance it, in the triggers blew me away. It's like, whoa, how are they doing this? Right. Like it feels so like alien, yeah, but so comfortable, yeah. And immediately your brain just starts going, "How is this going to be used?" Yeah, yeah. Will it be used? It, it definitely has a lot of potential. 
Exactly. And I hope they utilize it. Yeah. Uh, we know Sony's going to be using it. Yeah. But to me, it's different than the touchpad or yeah. six axis yeah. or any of the things that Sony's tried to do when their controllers. Um, it's more along the same line as almost analog stick control. It's, it's, it's more immersive. Like you really feel more connected with what you're doing. Yeah. But the level of control that you get within yeah. the trigger, just by adding that little bit of tension. Yeah. And the adjustable tension is like, it's lighter out top, and but it's heavier as you squeeze yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Like when I was trying the uh, cold war, like the, you can reset the trigger on a gun. Right. Like a real gun. Right. Like that's what, what the heck? That's a controller. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they thought to do that was mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah. That they can actually simulate that feel. Yeah. Of course it's not a hundred percent. No, I mean, it's no. more like a super hair trigger on yeah. a pistol. But if you actually put a full 10 pound pressure yeah, if on you've, it. <laughs> if you've ever shot a real gun, you know, it's not the exact same, but it like, yeah, the feeling of, holding the trigger down and then slowly releasing and feeling that click. Yeah, exactly. And then it's ready again. Like it's amazing. Yeah. And yep. just the, the, the range of vibration in it. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the most revolutionary thing about this generation so far. Oh yeah. Uh, more than any sort of graphical power. Heck, heck they could have, you know, just given this new feature to the PlayStation four yeah. And it would have been just as revolutionary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, it's so what if it doesn't have the most power? Like, any gamer knows it's not about how things look. It's about how things play. Right. And that has a lot of potential. Yeah, yeah it has a lot of potential. And hopefully third-party developers will take advantage of it. In, I hope so. In different things. Because I don't think it would hurt to... I mean, it might take a little bit more development time for the PlayStation 5 version of the game. Yeah. But I think as... As they go along and as they start figuring out how to use it, I think just like Rumble or Analog Control, I think think developers are going to just really figure out, okay, we we can just make a plug-in for this feature, like twisting a doorknob or picking up an object. Or obviously, shooters, probably every shooter is going to have an adaptive trigger yeah. um, response to it. And I mean, Gran Turismo. Driving games. Oh, I can't wait. Driving games especially. Now, there are driving games out out currently. Do they um, use that? I don't know. Uh, they no. probably do. Maybe they don't. I haven't read any, like Dirt 5. Yeah. Uh, it came out. And I haven't really read any reviews or previews if they use that or not. I'd be surprised if they didn't, but at the same time, not so surprised since it's a first, um, it's, you know, a launch game. So, and it is third party and it's on multiple platforms. Well, I mean like the destiny Two, like Mm -hmm. nothing really changed in the, yeah, nothing really changed, but at the same time, those are fantasy guns too. Yeah. So how does a fantasy gun feel? I mean, like, like for anybody who's familiar with Destiny 2 weaponry, fusion rifles. Yeah. You know, it'd be kind of cool to squeeze that trigger and just feel the buildup of the energy before yeah. it releases. That would be cool. That would be kind of cool. Um, uh, maybe we'll see that in Destiny 3. Maybe. Or just just feeling the <laughs> the rumble of, you know, just three shots going off of a pulse rifle leaving yeah. the barrel. Uh, just to feel that little bit. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. But anyway. I liked it. Back to our main topic, though. <laughs> we are going to be talking about the Metal Gear series and just a short little historical introduction. The first Metal Gear game originally came out on. I'm pretty sure it was the NES, wasn't it? 
kind of it did come out in the NES, and on the NES, but it actually originally came out and was developed for the. Um, Oh, I have it written down, but I don't have my notes up. <laughs> ah, okay, so we don't know. <laughs> the original Metal Gear game was created by Hideo Kojima. Yeah, it was published by Konami. Yeah, Japanese company, and it was released in 1987, and it was just called Metal Gear mm-hmm. for the MSX2 computer system. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a Japanese computer system, of course. And basically, an MSX2. It was you. You can think of it sort of like a like. Uh, an early Macintosh yeah. or along those lines. It was just a home computer system. Yeah. And <clears throat> a lot of de- uh, Japanese developers actually learned to code on those machines. Yeah. Uh, but Hideo Kojima, he developed that a game for the MSX2. And he basically made it a stealth game because the resources on the machine to make an action game just weren't there. Yeah. So he had to really think around the limitations of the machine. It's like, okay, how do I make a fun game where you don't shoot things? (laughs) Now, this is the 1980s to where, you know, that was, you know, the fun thing to do. By that time, you did have your Contras and all those other games that, you know, you shot and shot things and action oriented and fun. But by that time, nobody really thought of playing a you know, a game where you didn't kill things. espionage game. Yeah. A game where you didn't kill things. So for him to really think around those limitations, you know, invention, uh, you know, the limitations and everything. It was like his first game development was like a racing game or something. You know, I don't know. Racing game. You know, I really don't know. Um, Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the guy with Gran Turismo. Oh, that guy. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, that aside, though, uh, 1987, he brought out Metal Gear. Now, 1988, a port of Metal Gear came out uh, on the NES. Yeah, and, and it was on the was, Game Boy, too, right? Yeah, uh, matter of fact, if you look on my dresser yeah, there, underneath that um, uh, letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, look underneath there. Yeah. Yeah, right there. Yeah, that's the... Oh, uh, that's Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, that's the game. Uh, that 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 is the Game Boy Color game, Metal Gear Solid. And it is it, well. It has nothing to do with the PlayStation game, no, Metal Gear it Solid. It it is a standalone um, Metal Gear Solid with its own storyline, its own premise, involving the original Metal Gear. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Where's the eighty nine? That's when they brought it to the Game Boy, I guess. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, it was brought oh, out eighty seven. No, that's you're you're reading a trademark. <laughs> yeah, Sol- yeah. Why does it say Metal Gear Solid? Well, Ghost uh it's Metal Gear Ghost Babble. I don't know why it says Metal Gear Solid on the box, yeah. but the official name was Metal Gear Ghost Babble. And it came out in two thousand. Okay. So it came out uh two years after Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation. Oh. Which came out in nineteen ninety eight. I got you. So it was riding the wave of popularity uh of uh the PlayStation version, uh the PlayStation game. So they might have just put Metal Gear Solid on the box just to, you know, get people's attention. It's like, oh, so they'd look, recognize Metal it. Gear Solid on, yeah. uh, because it was originally brought out in Europe as just Metal Gear Ghost Babble. Yeah. And it shares a lot of similarities to the original storyline of the first Metal Gear game, mm-hmm. you know, where you have Big Boss and Outer Heaven yeah. and creating a state for soldiers, you know, but... um. 
and they reference that in that game. But uh, to consider it, this is where you kind of get in that weird um, Star Wars. Is it canon? Is it not? Oh, <laughs> sort of yeah. situation. No, nah, it's not canon. But it's, That's how um, most of the handheld games were, though, wasn't it? Pretty much. But yeah, that was not developed by Hideo Kojima. Um, really, um, the only games that were actually made by Hideo Kojima in the Metal Gear series was uh, the mainline Metal Gear games. Yeah. You know, like Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, um, Metal Gear Solid 3, you know. Yeah. Um, he did work on the PSP game, Go, uh, Peace Walker, though. Yeah. Yeah, you played Peace Walker. Yeah, right? I did play Peace yeah, Walker. that was a good one. But all in all, uh, there are 23 games, to my count, there were 23 games that actually are in the Metal Gear universe, oh, whether or okay. not they are part of the actual canon or not. Are you talking about the VR ones, too? Yeah, the VR ones, even mobile games. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, there are a few okay. uh, strange mobile games. And... Um, Looking up, and most of this uh, uh, information is coming from Wikipedia, of yeah. course, and you know that magical online <laughs> reservoir of data. You know, Wikipedia, it never lies. Oh yeah, never, it never gets anything <laughs> wrong. But um, <laughs> but you know, so let's just start by talking about just our first experience with the Metal Gear franchise in general yeah. and i guess i'll start with mine uh my first experience with metal gear was the nes version of the game the port yeah and i was at my older sister's boyfriend's apartment and he was a big gamer he he was he was just like me uh at the age i am right now where he's just yeah he was he had the money had a good job yeah just that was his hobby he was a gamer yeah and he had the sega cd for mm. anybody else and all that stuff. And I remember going over to his apartment and he would just let us play all of his NES games and things like that. I think just mainly to keep us quiet and busy, just shut us <laughs> up. Exactly. But, um, <clears throat> but you know, and there was this one game on there. It was like, it was really cool box art. You know, it was this guy with a gun. He had a, you know, a radio mic in his mouth. And he's like hiding around a corner, hiding from a soldier, you know, yeah. you know how that old NES box art stuff was. Yeah. And it was on the cartridge. Like, Oh, I want to try this. And he's like, I remember him going, mm, I don't know if you're going to like that, but okay. So he pops it in and pops it in. Yeah. <laughs> we, we boots it up and, I'm I'm in it. It's like okay. I was like, how do you, how do you fight? What do I do exactly? <laughs> how do you fight? <laughs> it's like, and at that time I've played like smaller RPGs. Like I've I played the Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I played all the other. You know, and by the time I'm playing this old Metal Gear game, it's already probably like 1989, maybe 1988, yeah. something like that. Late 80s. Yeah, late 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 80s. So it was probably 89, 90, 1990. Um, but yeah, I was probably about, mm, yeah, seven, eight, maybe nine. And so I'm playing this game. I'm immediately running up to dogs thinking I can fight them, but no, the dog takes me down. I'm like, I don't understand how to play this. And he's like, <laughs> well, you're not hard. supposed to, yeah. I was like, like, well, you're not supposed to fight him. It's like, what do you mean? You're supposed to, you're supposed to, you know, avoid you know, everything, hide, hide them, it's like, hide from them. And I'm like, I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> What's the point? Can I play Sewer Shark now? <laughs> sewer <laughs> or, stuff, shark. or something like that. I can't remember what it was. But um, but yeah, we'd quickly move on from that game. But that was my first uh, experience with the Metal Gear series. I mean, I remember playing the older Metal Gear games right. after a while, like when I was older. I'm right. like, even as an adult, I was like, these games are hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
But no, my first experience was the Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation. Right. And I loved that game. I don't remember where I was or how old I was, right. but I mean, I've always been a PlayStation fan and Metal Gear Solid was the game that kept me around mm-hmm. every time they came out with a new one. But just like that opening sequence where you, you know, you're in that little lift area where you come in underwater. Right. And just that right off, you got, you got like the two or three guys that you got to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was amazing. Yeah. And then you come up and you're into that helipad with the snow and you got in snake leaves footprints and right. the soldiers be like, huh? Whose footprints are these? Right. And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Just so hard. Yeah. Just the way that that world responded to you. Yes. It was was just amazing. Yeah. I mean. The graphics were so bad, but it didn't matter. Because at that time, that was graphics. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Back then, those graphics were were really good. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They were were pretty decent graphics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was on the first PlayStation. And that was when 3D really started being... um, a standard poly uh, characters. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember when PlayStation came out, everybody's like, 2D's dead. Nothing will ever be 2D ever again. The side scroller never happened. Side scroller's a thing of the past. Yeah. And <laughs> even back then, I was like, God, shut up. That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'll still be around. And yeah, now, now we have like almost as many 2D games as we do 3D games. Yeah. But that's a different topic. But yeah, like just the whole sneaking around thing, like, yeah, like you said, most games were action mm-hmm. or, you know, you're involved in things. Whereas this is like you're just avoiding and like sitting and waiting. Right. Waiting for the right opportunity to like move. Right. And uh, I don't know. I, ever since Metal Gear Solid, I just fell in love with the series. Yeah. Yeah. And David Hayter, that voice, man. Iconic. Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> I was I mean, sad when I mean, he, he stopped being the voice for him. He is Solid Snake the same way as Kevin Conroy is Batman. Yeah. I mean, agreed flat out. It's like there is, I mean, another actor can step in, but it won't be that version of Snake anymore. No, you know, it's kind of like how you have different versions of Batman that are okay. Or you, hell, you know, the Joker, Mark Hamill is the best. Oh, Joker. Yeah. yeah. He is the Joker. Anybody else is like, who's this? Is I mean, Joker? Heath Ledger is a really great, yeah. really great Joker, but his version of the Joker. Yeah. You know, but it's like you can put Mark Hamill as the Joker in any iteration. But that like, iconic laugh of his. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, Metal Gear Solid, yeah, but I yeah, that game, yeah, but j- not just him, but it's like Colonel Campbell, yeah, uh, all those guys, you know, Liquid Snake, mm-hmm. you know, Ocelot. I mean, it's like all those oh. voices are just so iconic, they really are, and how you just hear them, and it's like those are those characters, yeah, you know, they're yeah, like when I hear uh, the Colonel's voice, and like in other animations, yeah, that he's done voices in, I'm like. That's the Colonel. It's so distinctive, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's from Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. I know him. Yeah, I remember when um, uh, Ben 10 was a big show on Cartoon Network. Yeah, what is the he dad was, or He whatever. was the grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And I was like, hey, that, I know that voice. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I remember when I played uh, Metal Gear Solid for the first time, because that was my second experience with the Metal Gear series. Yeah. And... I, I had the same reaction as you, even though I've been playing games longer and had yeah. more experiences. I remember um, my best friend growing up, Andy, he he bought the game and said, dude, you got to check out this game. <laughs> it's like, really? What is it? It's Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid. Why does that sound familiar? But anyway, I, I went over to his house. I was like, so what do you do? Well, you have to, you know, sneak around, not get caught. I was like, really? So just like you, just how the yeah. world reacted to your actions. 
yeah. at that time for me was like, holy cow. I mean, when you were outside in the cold, you had the mist from your breath. Right. Like. Yeah, just the, the attention de- to the, detail. Yeah, the detail. Yeah. And it's like it was fully voice acted. Yeah. Which was something new to me. And actually, I've Metal Gear Solid is the reason I love the get the gun USP. Yeah. Yeah. This is the reason I own one. Because yeah. that game from the moment I found it, or it was like the SOCOM or whatever. Yeah, the but, SOCOM as well, yeah. But yeah, it's like from that moment on, it's like, oh, I want this gun. <laughs> <laughs> and then you grew up and yeah. you bought a gun. <laughs> yeah. And then I grew up and I could buy a gun. You know, I, I bought a gun. Yeah. <laughs> You see, video games, they're, it's all about violence. And he's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I just shoot it like at targets, but. <laughs> nah. But. but no, yeah, like there was so much about that game that influenced me mm-hmm. in my life. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah. I mean, but that that aside, just the experience of it, but just the way that they that game really thought outside the box of mm-hmm. not just how the game played, but how the game played the player. Yeah. Like the Psycho, Psycho Mantis, Mantis yeah. fight was just that unbelievable. was insane. I the mean, first time I played through, I was like, "What? What do I do?" Yeah, I mean, there are very <laughs> there are moments in gaming that you know you have to look to and go. These are hallmark yep. moments in gaming that need to be remembered forever and ever. Um, anything from the first Mario Brothers yeah. to you know, Aerith dying in Final Fantasy VII and how that affected people. And then, you know, you have the Psycho Mantis fight. That just messed with you. Why can't I sense you? The only game that messed with you more than that was Eternal Darkness. Lay your controller on the ground. I know. And I will move it. (laughs) And it's like, you did it. And it was like, if you played along with it. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, I mean, if you played... sitting there vibrating. Yeah. And it's like, we're talking about, you know... You know, the DualSense controller for the PS5. Yeah. You know, at that time, analog sticks and the rumble. Oh, and they had cords. They plugged into the system. Yeah, that too. (laughs) But, you know, it's like the very first DualShock analog controller for the PlayStation. I mean, that was super revolutionary. They utilized it. Well, even though Nintendo did the first analog stick with the Nintendo 64. Yeah. um, Leave it up to Sony to look at what they did and go, we can do better. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought to put two on those things? I know, right? I mean, it's like, <laughs> but anyway, and then to well. put rumble pat rumble into each one standard was pretty cool. Yeah. But you know, it's like for them, for Hideo Kojima to go, how can I use this? You know, not just in firing weapons or, yeah. you know, contact with other things, you know, for him to think, these motors are pretty strong. You know, it's like, I can imagine them just playing with the controller and the features and like, Hey, watch this. You can, this thing shakes so bad. You can like dance across the table. Yeah. And he's like, I could use that. Yeah. I mean, it's like to just go like that. And it's like, okay, so we'll have him put it on the table and uh psycho man will move it with his psychic abilities yeah. and stuff. I mean, it's such a <laughs> cheesy idea when you think about it. It but is, but you at, give the into time, it. <laughs> at the time, well, and it, it not only did it vibrate, it would pulse. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. And then it was, it was very interactive at the time. Yeah. But then it's like you would read your memory card. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which memory cards were Which, a new see, thing. I never had anything on my memory cards that correlated yeah. with yeah, the game. Yeah. You didn't have any of the uh, yeah. other Konami games. So I didn't really get that. Yeah. I had a, I had Contra, uh, a few Contra games. I had Castlevania, something the other night. Yeah. So he would tell me how much I love Castlevania because of how many times, <laughs> I, how many hours I sunk into that game. Um, Which is creepy. 
Yeah, pretty creepy. <laughs> it's like he was reading your mail. And um, which, if you think about it now, it's like, how did they do that? How did they read the game? Read your memory card. Well, the fact that well, the fact that it's fully voiceovered, and they had to actually have the voice record actor it. record yeah. any of those variables. So it must have been just certain games that were popular at the time. Like, what are the most played Konami PlayStation games that yeah. would be on any memory card? But still, though, the fact that the game could recognize what was on your memory card, that's that's crazy. Yeah, the fact that it could read the data and yeah. then and choose the right it. line yeah. to audio to play. Um, like, if you put in an empty uh, memory card in there, it's like, hmm, it seems like you have nothing in your head or something. <laughs> like, I can't remember what he said. Well, I think that's what I got on mine because I didn't have any other Konami games. Yeah, but yeah, it was just really crazy and then it's like you're fighting him and you can't touch him and then it's like you have and then the to screen put... would go black with the uh it was it said konami at the top didn't it or kojima sometimes it would say hideo the, instead hideo, of video that's what it was, hideo. Yeah. Um, but for them to say okay they're gonna have to unplug from the first player port and put it in the second in the player second port, yeah i'm like who <laughs> I no other game did that that I know of. No, they're the only ones who did it because once they did it, nobody else could do it. True. You know, I mean, it's like it would be a blatant and it would be too soon. Yeah. You know, to do to do it because then it wouldn't be an homage. It would just be a copy. But yeah, it's one of those things you know? like if you didn't think about it, you're never going to beat them. Exactly. So, I mean, it's like I can't even remember what was the hint for you had to yeah, change I don't it. Remember. I can't remember what it was, but I think. Uh, I may have somebody had to, had I, to may, tell, I may even had the guide. Somebody remember. had to tell me. I, I know yeah. that much. I can't remember who told me, but I'm pretty sure I had, had the guide me. to the game. So yeah. that's probably where I learned it. But I remember when that happened, it was just just nuts, just the way. But not only that, but the story of the game. Oh, the story. Was actually it was amazing. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. The only other game series I know of that had as good of a story as the Metal Gear Solid would have been Half Life series. Yeah. Yeah. And and Half Life, um, it, it didn't have your traditional kind of cinematic no. storytelling. It was more like a, you go through the levels and you get the narrative just by what's happening. Yeah. Um, but the, like the story itself, like it was enthralling, like it kept you going. Yeah. Like where, Metal Gear Solid did. But yeah. Yeah. Metal, Gear, Metal Gear was more cinematic. Was more, cinematic, yeah. was more linear. That's true. More told like a movie. Yeah. You know, it, it was much more narrative based versus things are happening to you and it's kind of obvious what's happening to you and this is what's going on, which is really yeah. good storytelling, by yeah. the way, um, especially in games yes. where nothing, everything is being, which is sort of a criticism for where Metal Gear Solid went with its storytelling. Mm. It got a little bit too talky, yeah. not enough showy True. or experiency uh, for you to, you know, but. Yeah, but that's always how the games have been. It's always been a cinematic thing. Yeah. Like, it's always been story driven. Yeah, you can definitely tell uh, Kojima's, um, influences. You had to be uh, a fan to really enjoy it. And nineties movies. So I remember some people watching me play some of the series and they're like, yeah, this is kind of boring. Yeah. I'm like, well, you just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to be there from the beginning. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> you have to be invested in these characters. Uh, because really any stealth game is kind of boring yeah. to watch mostly. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, Sam but, Fisher. It's yeah. fun to w- play, not watch. <laughs> yeah. Mostly unless you enjoy those type of games. Yeah. But then you're like, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, don't go over there. Why'd you do that? (laughs) But anyway, yeah. But the first Metal Gear, obviously just a a true hallmark of a game, Hall of Fame game right there. Yeah. You know, where. 
I mean, yeah. you could beat the game different ways to unlock a bandana or the stealth camo. Yeah, the fact that you could actually beat that game in such a short amount of time, too, yeah. once you got really good. Yeah. Or you mastered the game. You and could they, get through it pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, and they rewarded you for that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, but, you know, just from It had that, a lot of replayability. Yeah. And, and the game had a... The game had a lot to say. It just wasn't a bunch of junk. I mean, it had a lot yeah. to say about nuclear disarmament mm-hmm. and environmental issues and things. And it kind of predicted the future in certain aspects. You kind know, of, as but far I was as a kid at the time. Artificial so. intelligence. <laughs> Most of that and, kind of went over my head. <laughs> yeah. But it, you know, talking, it was talking about certain issues that are pretty much normal today, like artificial intelligence. Yeah. Hacking. Well, I think that was the awesome thing about the Metal Gear Solid private series. Mil- private is, military companies. Is it was fantasy, but it was really close to reality enough that it's like, okay, I can believe that. Well, the Metal Gear Solid series was always based like a few years into yeah. our future. So if it, if it happened in 19, if the game came out in 1998, it was operating in 1999 or 2000 yeah. to 2001. Yeah. So it was always operating. Well, uh, other in, than Snake Eater. Yeah, near future. Yeah, unless we're talking prequels. Yeah. So then we're getting to uh, alternate history um, sort of storytelling. But That's what I mean, though. Like the There was always like the fantasy aspect to it, but it was like still real enough that mm-hmm. it's like it's believable. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the way that the game ended... And you get two different endings where yeah. Meryl dies or Meryl or lives. Otacon. And there are plenty of uh, Japanese oddities yes. in that game. Littered with it. Very much so. Um, mechs, mechs, obviously. <laughs> mechs, yes. God bless the mechs. God bless the oh, mechs. Man. Metal Gear Solid Rex, still my favorite Metal Gear. Yes, you know, hands down. Version, completely. Ray looked pretty cool, but I'm a Rex guy. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. But and I think many people would agree on that. OG. Because really after Ray, I mean it's like we really didn't get Metal Gear. Shago Hot or whatever. It well, was like a tank. Well remember um in, in uh Metal Gear Solid Two Sons of Liberty, um it wasn't even a, a Metal Gear. It was I mean you had the Rays, but yeah. the real Metal Gear was a submarine. <laughs> Like yeah, a giant submarine. That's right. What had a bunch of servers on it. <laughs> I don't know. That's right. But um well, and you had what's his yeah, name, Solidus, shell. with the 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 four arms, yeah, yeah, thing and then, or whatever. Yeah, and now we're getting to the convoluted storyline. Is like <laughs> you have Solid Snake, Solidus Snake, Liquid Snake, yeah. and they're all clones <laughs> from the boss. same guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's the kind of Japanese shenanigans yeah. that we're talking about right there. Just the convoluted nature of that, that whole series, but it was so good, just on that level. But you know. If you're a fan, you're a fan. If you're True. not, you're just never going to get it. No. <laughs> just never going to get it. But it's like you said, you, you got to play it from the start to really enjoy it. Yeah. Like yeah. if you just jump in on like Metal Gear Solid 4, like it's a good game. You could start in Metal Gear Solid 3 though, arguably. True. Yeah. And, and true. Then, then you could really get a, a really comprehensive download of what that game is. You know, is. I wish I had all the different versions because then I would play them in like the timeline. Order. The chronological yeah. order? Yeah. Yeah. Which would be what? Um, Metal Gear Solid 3. Th- 3 first. Snake Eater. Yeah. And then it would go to. Probably the new, the last one. It would go to Peace Walker. Or yeah. And then it would go to Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, we go to Metal Gear. Then we go to Metal Gear 2. Yeah. And then you would go Solid. Solid. And then Solid 2. And then 4. 4. <laughs> yeah. It would. And then after that, you get into Revengeance, which is... Yeah, they're all way yeah. out of order. 
but yeah, yeah, that would be cool to do that. Yeah, but thank goodness we're just talking about the Metal Gear games right now and not the narrative of that, of that whole series because, yeah. oh boy, that would be a project in itself. But, but yeah, that's the thing about that game. There was so much to the series. Yeah, I mean, it's like it had something to say the whole way through. Yeah. It had something different to say the whole way through. I mean, Kojima, I mean, getting on the subject of the creator Kojima, because that, I mean, Kojima is synonymous with... Uh, Metal Gear as much as George Lucas is synonymous with Star Wars and he is that involved with it to where he guided that entire series all all the way through. Whatever projects that came out that had the Metal Gear thing but he wasn't involved with, you could tell. Yeah, they were weird too because they they weren't just stealth mechanics like you had. Uh, We'll we'll just drop into some of those weirder games. I mean, you had Metal Gear Solid Acid for the PSP. It was a card battle game. Yeah, I had that. Yeah, there were two of those games, believe it or not. So it did well enough to actually It wasn't terrible, but it definitely wasn't the best as far as Metal Gear. Yeah. And then you had, uh, you know, like what we're talking about, the the Ghost Babble, the Game Boy Color game that I just showed you. Yeah. Which, that's a really good game. (laughs) It actually is. Uh, It plays just like the Metal Gear games. Yeah. uh, Like the original MSX yeah. games. I actually, I remember playing it. Yeah. One time. Yeah, but it's just like the regular. It's uh, hard. Top down. Yeah, very hard. Yeah. <laughs> very hard, but very enjoyable. And it, it, it has its wacky number of characters. And we'll get, we'll, we'll talk about villains <laughs> a little mm, bit more. I love the villains. But, and then you had, um, let's see, what else was there? Uh, there was the PSP, another bunch of PSP games, Portable Ops, yeah. which that is actually canon now that I think about it. That happens right after Metal Gear Solid 3 before Peace Walker. That's true. Yeah. In that in that game, um, it's just right after that, uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 ends, and he has to, it basically starts the whole uh, process of Big Boss, you know, uh, going after, meeting people like uh, Campbell and yeah. Miller. Recruiting. And, well, not just recruiting, but just meeting those characters that were synonymous that set up the yeah. original Metal Gear. And, uh, you know, uh, meeting uh, Gray Fox, you know, oh, and, and those characters. Um, but then you have uh, the strange, like, Metal Gear Mobile. Game. Yeah, I never. And then there was a social game, Metal Gear Solid Social Ops, which was no, a strange. That yeah, that one was weird. Never came out in the U.S. It didn't last very long. It's good. Um, <laughs> you know, you had Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, uh, which was oh, a Raiden-based game. Yeah, that was the, ci- yeah, Raiden. Where he's a cyborg. I, I never played that. And it's a straight-up action game. Um, <clears throat> uh, it, it's a cult. Did he do it's that It's a cult one? favorite. No, no, he didn't do that yeah, one. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, and then you had um, the very last game uh, in the series of Metal Gear games, Metal Gear Survive. Survive. Oh, uh, yeah. with the... Uh, they weren't zombies, but yeah, it was like some alternate universe sort yeah. of thing. Which I bought the game and I, I didn't play it. It was a survival, yeah, tower defense. It was, I remember playing the, like a beta or whatever with Eric, mm-hmm. and it was fun playing with another person, right? But on your own, it's no, just it doesn't stand like, up on uh, its own. This is boring. No, it doesn't really stand up on its own, but you know, uh, but yeah, there, there, there's those weird offshoots where they use the Metal Gear name. But it good was effect it, in some points. But it wasn't Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, it just didn't matter. It was in the universe. Ball. Yeah, it was in the universe. But, yeah, but, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Yeah, but like I said, it's about canon or non-canon. Yeah. But, yeah, but let's talk about the villains of the Metal Gear Solid Raven. series. Yeah, Raven. He's I probably mean, one of my favorites. This is, yeah, Vulcan Raven. Yeah. 
this is the thing about, and I will say this and wholeheartedly believe this, and people are going to disagree with me, but I think Kojima is just as good as making any villain, unique villain, as any James Bond villain that has ever been out there. I mean, there what there's hasn't been a single villain in the Metal Gear Solid series that I that I was like, this guy is dumb. Like I love them all. Like they all had their own like um, obstacles, you know, that you had to overcome, and right. they were all fun. Exactly. I mean, Sniper Wolf. That was probably one of the better fights. It was one of the be- better uh, sniper oriented fights yeah. in, a, in a game that was top down isometric, which yeah. was kind of strange. It was because when you weren't scoped in, you were literally standing above him and you would see a laser like beaming across right. you and you're like, oh crap, we're uh, just going to yeah. hide. How do we do a sniper battle in a game that's not a first person shooter? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> they did it well though. Yeah. I mean, he figured it out. Again, really, uh, there wasn't any flaws in that game to, yeah. in my opinion. Well, the thing about it and just like anything else is like the limitations of the hardware really forced you to be very creative. And there was a lot of creativity. Necessity uh, is the mother of all invention. And with most genius creators, limitations on them is the best thing that could happen. Yeah. Like most people, you don't want to give them a hundred percent total control without limitations. I mean, look what happened to star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) You got the prequels. (laughs) True. You know, it was the limitations of that, George Lucas had to run into with um, special effects, um, other, you know, producers and whatever else he had to deal with. And plus the input of others in in the creative process that uh, helped episodes four, five and six be as good as what they were. Yeah. And when he was loosey goosey and nobody there to tell him no uh, or the ability to say, don't do this. And he had technology at his whim. The prequels just didn't. That's how you got one, two, and three. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're functional, but they're the not Anakin great. Saga. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, they're functional, but they're not great. Yeah, but you know, but yeah, and, the the bosses in Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, the bosses in Metal Gear Solid. All and, of them were good. Yeah, I mean, I think when you got to Metal Gear Solid Four, it kind of lagged a little bit because yeah, with the beasts or whatever. Yeah, the four beasts. Yeah, I understand what he was doing. Going in that Those direction. Those probably were the the worst of the bunch. Yeah, but this is this is um, Kojima reaching mass. <laughs> yeah, I mean they Critical were good. Mass. They were good for the game itself. They were good. Oh yeah, they fit in. They were they were perfect. Yeah. but they didn't have the personality that yeah. like, like a Vulcan Raven they were just or drones. Sniper Wolf <laughs> or you know a Vamp or, or yeah, um, uh, who's the guy with rollerblades, the bomb. Oh. Uh, um... Laugh and grow fat. Yeah, um, dude, I quote that all the time. Yeah, I know. Laugh and grow fat. Yeah. Oh, I have nothing to wear to the party. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do a playthrough of some uh, Sons of Liberty again. We haven't played that. <sighs> something fat, a fat man or something. Fat man. That's was exactly it fat man? What it was. I think that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, he had C4 yeah. and yeah. rollerblades. Yeah, he had vamp. In a yeah. big blast outfit, yeah, bomb yeah. outfit. Fortune. Uh, Fortune. I didn't care much for Fortune. Fortune. She was more of a narrative device than yeah. an actual enemy. Yeah. But um. But yeah, dude. But my favorite. Enemies. My favorite enemies <sighs> was from Metal Gear Solid Three. Three. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, fear. The pain. Uh, who's the sniper? The end. The end. That oh, was the best. The best boss fight. The best. It, That's my favorite. Uh, That's, yeah, because it, it would. It would traverse between like what three or four different like areas. Right. Oh. 
So good. Yeah. I mean, and that's like, when they had the camouflage. Yeah, the camouflage system and was great. It actually worked. Yeah. I loved that. Like, if if you're in a grassy train, you'd wear grassy, you know. Yeah, enemies would camouflage. walk right over you. And then, like, if you moved to a different terrain, like, if you didn't switch your camo. Yeah, you'd stick out. You'd stick out like a sore thumb. And you would literally stick out. Yeah. <laughs> I loved the camo system in that one. Yeah, the camouflage system <sighs> was just. I mean, when you think about it, I was like. Kojima just going into a meeting, going, I want to do a camouflage system. It's like, yeah. are you serious? It's like, <laughs> but it's like, he's not one of those guys who says, I want this. No, he's one of those who says, I want this. How are we going to do it? Yeah. And he starts working with people and they figure it out. Actually, you know, the Cyborg Ninja. Like cyborg when you, Ninja. When you yeah. first encountered him in, that, Fox, yeah. in the uh, computer room or whatever. Yeah. Dude, that was... I remember being like on the edge of my seat when I first came to that hallway where you just hear, wah, 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 yeah, and you figure out bodies. who he really is. Yeah. You know, and if you knew anything and about that the fight, series, man, it's, it's so intense. Hurt me. Yeah. Hurt me more. Yeah. I mean, it's like so <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> like, anymore. it was kind of scary, but because he would just jump around. You're like, oh, God, run, run, right. run. <laughs> right. And again, we come back to the mechanics of the fight, the purpose of the fight. Yeah. It wasn't just to give you an obstacle. It Every was boss narratively fight was important. different. Yeah. Yeah. And involved. Yeah. It was narratively important. Yeah. I mean, Sons I of Liberty, too. Now. You come, the first boss fight you come up, you come against Olga. Oh, Rukovich, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, that was such a good call. Oh, Metagosad, too. Yeah. And then it's like she comes back later. Metal she Gersod. had hairy armpits, y'all. And this is the thing. <laughs> and this is the thing. A lot of people hate on Metal Gear Solid 2. I don't know why. Well, Raiden. And, that's why. And justifiably so. Yeah. I mean, it, it was one of those bait and switches. If yeah. they were upfront about who you're going to play and everything else, yeah, maybe it would have ended up. The start, yeah. You were a snake, technically. Right. But then the majority of the rest of the game was Raiden. Right. A little whiny. White haired brat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, Rose. and really, if you think about it, is like he he, he kind of matches up with the Luke Skywalker character from Episode Four. <laughs> kinda, really yeah. whiny farm. Yeah, boy. that's but true. Anyway, then he turns into a ninja and has no emotion. Yeah, it was the best thing that could ever happen <laughs> yep. to him. But <laughs> oh yeah, the neck near the end when he's just running around naked, covering his junk, like. That was like a well, what the heck moment. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like, oh, I don't want to do. No, don't do a cartwheel. Don't yeah, do please, a cartwheel. No, don't God. do that. <laughs> don't crawl. Don't get up. Just get up. <laughs> that camera better not zoom down. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was it, that was just a really weird bait and switch. And I and when you have somebody as iconic and as popular as Snake, yeah, and you push him to the side for this guy, I mm. mean, of course it's gonna. I mean, be it was cool that you still that Snake was still in it, Pliskin. But like, yeah. But it was very much the okay. This is the Anakin Skywalker of this. But series. I, I remember Metal Gear Solid Two when it came out. It was that was when like the graphics changed drastically. Oh yeah, because that was PlayStation Two, right? Yeah, PlayStation Two. It was yeah. uh, Metal Gear Solid Two was uh, two thousand one yeah. when it came out, and I remember nineteen ninety nine and two thousand. Um. 1999, we started hearing rumors yeah. about Metal Gear Solid 2. And it was just like, no, that can't be real. Well, and then there was the demo on the Zone of Enders. Exactly. Then they released the demo on the Zone of Enders. And I remember the E3 of 2000 when they released the first trailer mm -hmm. and made the announcement that there was going to be that, uh, you know, that demo. And it was like, 
the internet was in its infancy. E3 wasn't a publicly yeah. reported thing. IGN wasn't even IGN yet. They no. were still Nintendo64.com run by a handful of dudes who were just doing it for fun. And G4 was a big thing then. G4, wasn't it? I don't, you know, was G4 then? It might have been. I want to. I want to say it was. Yeah, I think it was. I think G four just had started or was in its second or third year. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, but it was. It was still. But young. yeah, it was still young. It was more of a tech channel yeah. than a gaming channel. I don't think it was even called G four then. I Maybe think they not. changed the name. Maybe. I think they were just a technology channel at that time. Maybe. But anyway. But yeah. They um. Uh, they basically showed the trailer at that E three in two thousand and. Somebody got the trailer. But everything they showed was just the Metal Gear or the Solid Snake stuff, right? The beginning. Yeah, exactly. They didn't talk about Raiden. That's right. Raiden was a complete surprise. That was a surprise. Back then when you could keep things secret. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it's like the- um, I could still see him running across the bridge and mm -hmm. he jumps off and the cloak goes away. Yeah. He's invisible and then he lands on the ship and it's like, you know, the superhero pose. Exactly. And then the- yeah, yeah, and it's like kind of that T2 coming back visible yeah. effect. Um, yeah, he really wears his influences on his sleeves. Um, but it's out of love, not out of comedy. It is. But, um, it's respect. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I remember downloading that trailer in chunks. Yeah. In small megabyte chunks. <laughs> that took like probably 30 minutes to an hour just to like download like 40 megabytes yeah. on our dial-up. And oh. I would watch it on real player, on real computer, player, heck yeah. and uh, just line them up, play when that end, play on the other one, play on the other one, just to watch that, just that opening cinematic. Ugh. And I remember doing that so much uh, during that time, and my and John and I just watching like this is crazy. This is PlayStation Two. What? How much time did you spend watching Ice Melt? Oh, I think I shot them more than watching them melt, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, I remember, you know, the ice melting, everything. I mean, just the, the leaps and bounds that that game took um, was just technolo technology-wise. And this is before anybody was thinking about um, those type of world interactions. I mean, like the rain effects when you'd go inside from being outside in the rain, like you were still wet. Yeah. But you would leave little like wet footprints yeah. and then you would dry and yeah. it'd go away. Yeah. That little world interactions, again, a hallmark of a Kojima game. The player models, like everything was so good. Yeah. It's the hallmark of what Kojima does. All I mean, the that, posters of the Japanese girls and walkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's another thing that Kojima you, just does. <laughs> you could make you can make Snake kiss the posters. Yeah. Just by going <laughs> you yeah, zoom in and go. In. <laughs> yeah. And then if you actually called Otacon on the code. While you're in it, yeah. And um he's like, What are you doing? <laughs> You're on a mission. Snake. There was so much like hidden narrative that you could explore. Yeah, just the the meta of that game. Yeah, was just unbelievable. And it's like an well, even in the first one, if you shot a bunch of rats or whatever, Mil Miller would uh, codec you and say something about it. Yeah, and then if you shot too many seagulls or as, birds, crows, yeah, crows, yeah, yeah, and then too many seagulls during uh, the game, then your girlfriend will call you as yeah. riding. Yeah, like, that's right. What are you doing riding? You're sick. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's like if you do pull-ups, you can increase your stamina. Bar. Yes, I mean it's like I think it's like I, I think I did that. Like one of the first things I did in that game was doing a bunch of pull-ups just so I could yeah, get that. So stamina you had the bar good up. stamina, yeah, yeah, because it was a thing. Exactly, you needed it. Yeah, otherwise you're falling into the ocean. All right, <laughs> and then remember how you slip on bird poop? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Or when the soldiers piss in, you could walk through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was um, 
there was just so much about that game that just from the PlayStation 1 to PlayStation <sighs> 2 was just when you're thinking about the technology back then yeah. and just how much he was able to get out of it, you know, just thinking about that stuff. Nobody was thinking about that stuff back then. They were thinking it's like, I can only imagine being a, being the engineer on that game. It's like, you want to do what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do that. Ugh. You know? They had it all in that game. The the graphics, the story, the the playability. Like, it was all there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like it was just the natural progression. And then going from that to Metal Gear Solid 3. Snake Eater. Snake Eater. Snake Eater. Yeah. I mean, it's like he went full James Bond on yeah, that Yeah. He really and, did. You know, the camouflage system. Ugh, I loved it. I mean, uh, just how you interacted with animals. The crocodile Keep your hat. stamina up. <laughs> the crocodile, yeah. <laughs> and again, villains, again. Ugh, they were all good. Yep. The fear was my least favorite, cause, mainly because it was hard. Yeah, the fear was hard. And he's one of the first bosses you fight. Yeah. But like all the others, uh, Ocelot, he was fun. But just like, like every time they brought out a new game, like the mechanics of the game would change so drastically, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like... Like Metal Metal Gear Solid Two, I mean, it was it was on like a bunch of like oil rig kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, like they utilized all the mechanics in that you know environment. Right. But then when they went to three, like you're in the jungle. Like mm-hmm. well, it was Russia or something, wasn't it? Um. Yeah, I think it was the Russian wilderness. Yeah, something somewhere. Like but yeah, so it's like you had the wilderness to tend with, and then all these buildings that you could crawl under, get in, get on top of. Like, it just every game, it just, it, you got more enthralled and more involved in the world itself. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. And and with you saying that, that brings me to another point is just that when it comes to Metal Gear games, anything that you do in it, everything that you do, every action you take, any boss fight you come against, any anything, every call you make, it's done with such intention. Yeah. That it means something. Everything you do means mm-hmm. something, whether it to the world itself or to the narrative. I mean, it just means more. And Metal Gear Solid 3 in- introduced a lot of like Easter egg stuff, like the yeah. little gecko or geico, whatever they're called, yeah. the little uh, frog Oh, yeah, those toys. Little, yeah, those little frog toys. Yeah, I remember they what they're called. But like if you found those, like you'd unlock stuff. Yeah. Like there was a lot of like small details yeah, that you could discover to distract you, yeah, <laughs> and everything else. Uh, but yeah, leading. Uh, oh, you could play dead when fighting the yeah, end. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and then he would die of old age or whatever. Yeah, you would just uh, change the clock on your uh, PlayStation system. Yeah, that's what it system. was. You'd t- send it ahead. So many, so yeah. forward. And the fact that you could actually shoot him at the very beginning of the game when he's oh, in a yeah, wheelchair. That's right. That's right. You don't have to I fight him. I forgot about all. that. I mean, to think that is like most games, you would like, they wouldn't even let you pull a trigger. Oh, Vulgan Kuabara, Kuabara. Kuabara. Yeah, Kuabara. Vulgan <laughs> was a really good, I mean, he was again, a good, really enemy. good villains. Yeah. Really good villains. But then you run into, you know, Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah. Continuation of Snake. And the fact it that was narratively, to make him old, Snake. Yeah. That's something else. That's very interesting. What was it? The fox diet caused him to get old. Yeah, oh, yeah, the virus or yeah. nano nano machines. Yeah, nano. caused him to age rapidly. And, I mean, which was really depressing. But yeah, like narrative. You, you played an old man who would break down throughout the game. Yeah, he needed the suit <laughs> yeah. so he could move. Yeah, he took the suit off and he was just this wrinkly old. Yeah, he, he was a 
He was an 80-year-old man. He was dead. <laughs> he was a walking dead man. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like just to narratively make that choice is rather interesting. Yeah. And from a gameplay standpoint, again, interesting. It was Metal Gear Solid 3 with the endless ladder, wasn't it? That you had to climb? Was it? Yes. I and it, it like had a song playing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember that ladder now. It seems longer when you're watching it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it, Metal Gear Solid 4, it had the scene where you had to crawl through the microwave. Yes. And it's just like, yes, oh, yes. so painstakingly slow. Yeah, but my, I mean, it's like Metal Gear Solid 4, graphically. Now, this, oh. now the thing is about Metal Gear Solid 4, that's that when I bought my Middle PlayStation East. 3. Yeah. Yeah, it was Middle East. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, again, PlayStation uh, the uh, Metal active, Gear Solid Four active camo. That's what. Yeah, it was. Had the active cam- it had active camo instead of having to collect camos. You yeah. just blend in because of your suit, which was amazing. That was pretty cool. Yeah, like when it came out, like the the demos of the active camo working. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, the active camo was really was really cool because you'd lay down and blend in and yeah and um couldn't you wear a hood that would work? Yeah. And if you didn't wear it, you would it stick out a face, little bit more. Yeah. It's like you would like decrease yeah, it by two or three percent. But yeah, like whatever you were wearing, it would go into the cinematics. Right. So if you're wearing a mask or a hood or whatever, then it's like he'd be wearing it in the cinematics and sometimes it'd be like, oh, right. I wish I would have took his hood off first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, it's like, it was very clear that, you know, Kojima was wanting to bring the snake solid snake character to a close. Yeah. And whether or not he had, <clears throat> he was able to do that sat to his own satisfaction. Who knows? Because he was always butting up against deadlines. Yeah. Uh, from, from Kona, from Konami, Corona. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, from Corona, uh, from Konami. And so, which is understandable. I mean, yeah. it's like you're spending so many, so many millions of dollars <coughs> on development of a game. You got to make a return sometime. Yeah. You know, um, but still, I mean, it's like in a way that kind of helped him. Yeah. You know, and, and in another way, it kind of didn't. But um, yeah, I mean, just where they took that story. And again, having more to say about nuclear disarmament, but actually talking more about private military yeah. companies, the rise of private militaries and just how war, war has changed. Well, or it never changes. It never changes. <laughs> but, you know, that's how that game starts. Yeah. But, you know, just at that time, we had the second Iraq war, the yeah. George W. Bush war yeah. in Iraq, war on terror. Um, and just how, you know, you would hear about, you know, the use of, like, PMCs in yeah. that war as well. When PMCs we started, were a big thing. Yeah, back when we were pulling troops out, the PMCs yeah. would step in. Uh, I think, what was it, Black Bear? Uh, one of them was called that something, or something like, like that, that. Yeah. yeah but th- that was one of the bigger ones that went in yeah and even though it's kind of quieted down there's private military and they were uh, causing a lot of disturbance oh yeah they were doing things that just were not legal yeah at all but at the same time they weren't they didn't have the oversight of the u.s army yeah uh, over their heads they didn't have that limitation well yeah. it was still illegal regardless it's still considered a war crime yeah but there was nothing to no leash. That's yeah. There's nobody to say, back. no, you can't do that. I'm like, no, I'm well, there's no it. enforcement. Yeah. But how do you enforce it? Yeah. When they're in another country. Yeah. When you're in another country, you're not, nobody's there to police you. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know how you would deal with that, but anyway, that's another topic. That's right. Metal Gear Solid, they dealt with like the microchips too, didn't they? Yeah, nano machines. Yeah, so like you couldn't just pick up guns and start using them. You'd have to get yeah, like you would have to be a coded. To it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's like different technologies like that, and how he's always forward thinking about these things. And you know, to be honest with you, I'm having a hard time remembering any of the boss fights in that game. Yeah, and and that's because of the fact that. There were very few. <laughs> there was a dog. There was an octopus thing. Yeah, there was a wolf. There was an octopus. There was um, uh, a mantis, mantis sort of character. That's right. Um, there, were, there were offshoots of previous bosses, you know? Um, like the octopus was uh, Solidus, kind of mirrored after Solidus. Uh, wasn't it wasn't like a psychomantis type thing? Yeah, that was the mantis. Yeah. And then the wolf, sniper wolf. She was literally that's a right, wolf a sniper, sniper yeah. uh, in wolf form. Um, and the fourth one, I can't, I can't remember. remember either. It was a bird. Yes, that's right. It was a bird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that one was hard. I remember that one. But what, the other thing that was really weird about that mm-hmm. game is that those bosses, all those character models were based off of actual uh, models. fashion models. Yeah, they were models. Which yeah. was kind of creepy. <laughs> oh, that's right. Every, when you beat them, you had to like destroy like the ghostly figure of themselves or whatever. Something like that. Because they would like hop around and stuff. Yeah, they were all uh, like brainwashed. And stuff. Yeah. Once you reach that part of their, um, uh, uh, their boss fight, that stage, you had to take care of them that way. And didn't it go into like a digital world or something? Yeah, where you had to deprogram them or something. Yeah, I can't remember. Maybe I'm misremembering. I remember that. you could take like your camera out and then they would pose. Yes. Yeah, they would do like a catwalk. Yeah, stuff weird and, poses and stuff. Yeah, that was a weird Easter egg. Yeah, I mean there was just certain sometimes where yeah, Kojima's fan service side just comes out and is like, yes, you are very heterosexual. Mm. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, but you know, very culturally Japanese. Yeah. Of, uh, of them but that doesn't excuse it but you know but still it, it kind of explains it yeah but regardless metal gear solid 4 you know i think it i remember it for more of what it had to say more than how it played yeah because it was it just got so convoluted <laughs> story-wise there was a lot to the story in that yeah, one. my favorite part of that yeah, game, well there was a lot of like flashbacks and stuff yes too, though. yes my favorite part of that game though was when you back went back to shadow moses Oh yeah, remember that? I do. You would go through the trails, and then you would have the flashbacks of the yeah. codec calls, and yeah, like that. You go through there, it's like, oh my god, I do remember that. That was cool. Look at all of this. It, it's it all looked wreck. amazing. You get in the wrecks, and you're just like, you walk out of there. Oh, that's right. You do get to control the wrecks. And I was like, finally. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're blowing through the rays. That game was good, and it had its moments. Yeah, but it was probably the the least favorite. Of it was a bit overwrought. Long. Yeah, it was a bit overwrought. I mean, I know I put a lot of time into that one. Oh yeah, because it was so long. <laughs> and I, I know I beat it like six or seven times. Yeah, like I played a lot. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, for some reason I don't. Yeah, remember for some the boss reason battles. Metal Gear Solid Four just doesn't stick out to me as mm-hmm. much as all the other ones. No. Um. I have to say it's the same thing with Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, I played and beat it, but like I didn't complete everything in it. Right. Yeah. I it's a good game. Like Metal I still Gear find Solid myself I'll, I'll pick it up and play it, like if I'm just wanting to like roam around and like right. sneak around and do stuff. Yeah. But it was very interesting because it was trying to be trying to evolve um into a much well bigger game. There was also ground zero. Ground Zero was one was uh, it wasn't I wouldn't say it was a full fledged game it was pretty much it, a demo but it was a, a game in itself. Well, the thing was is that that was supposed to be Chapter One of yeah. Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, okay. Metal Gear Solid Five was taking so long. Konami said, "You got to give us something." Yeah, 
and said, well, I can give you the first chapter. It's long Which enough it was, where it could hold It was good. Over. Because that game, I think Metal Gear Solid Five was delayed probably like three or yeah, it was. four times. But it was a good introductory to the new right. system with the new snake. Yeah, because it was... What was his name that did the snake? The actor? Oh, um, uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. yeah, I think he played a good snake. Well, the thing about it is that playing through Metal Gear Solid 5 again recently on the PlayStation 5, just to see how it went. Yeah. He speaks so rarely in yeah, that game. Yeah, it is rare. He's almost like a silent protagonist in that game. It's yeah. like, like people will talk to him and he's just staring, nodding, barely has anything to say. And But yeah. when you go back to Metal Gear Solid 3, he's talking all the time. Yeah. Even in, in Peace Walker. That's true. And I'm like, did, did, did he get paid by the line? <laughs> it's yeah, like it's like i mean i, I know mean, he, it had to he, be expensive he did have dialogue it's yeah just, it wasn't much it was very sparse yeah. in the game and it's just not well and the fact that the model was kind of it was based off of his boss too yeah based off his looks which you know honestly it's not a bad look i mean Kiefer sutherland was a great but what dialogue really he did actor. have i thought he had a good voice for yeah the, he has a great voice i mean he, he was great but, but it wasn't like, solid snake though it wasn't hater yeah it was it wasn't hater, I, but you know it was almost like okay let's um who was the first Tim Burton Batman? Which, why Keaton. why did they do that? Do you know why didn't they use hater? Because Kojima wanted a movie star. Oh yeah, here's the here's the thing. Kojima doesn't really have that much of a relationship with the English performers. Oh okay. People th- kind of think like oh David Hater and uh, Kojima. Hand in hand, best friends. They built they, this thing But together. they really didn't Not know each really. other. People don't uh, realize that Kojima writes the scripts and things like that, but he didn't really do any of the directing of the English actors yeah. or anything like that. And really, he doesn't do as much writing uh, of the scripts as much as he guides the scripts. I got you. You know, and so because you'll always see that there are writers on all those games and yeah. he's not credited. He's credited for story. But not so much for writing. Yeah. Uh, uh, in most cases. <clears throat> but um, I wonder how much different the game would have been if Hater was the one that did the voice. I think if Hater was back to do the voice, I think they probably would have, if that was Kojima's vision, I think he would have talked more. It would have felt more like an actual Metal yeah. Gear game. It would have felt more like Big Boss. I, I feel like it would have had better success, honestly. As a character execution, yes. Yeah. I, I believe so as well. I think by, The game still did well. Oh yeah, it did well, but, but it's I, like, I feel like it would have been more of a success. For many, for for many people, it was just too much of a departure for the character. Yeah, you know that's true. I think if you were making a movie and you wanted to put Kiefer Sutherland in there, <laughs> yeah, as that'd be better. Big Boss, the actor, then yeah, he would have been. It would have been perfect. But Hater, really good been cast good for a live action. That's for sure. He well, didn't look the part. <laughs> well, no, he doesn't look anything like. Um, no, no I, mean, I remember the first time I saw an image of him. I was like, "That's who does Snake." <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and then he would do the voice, and you're like, "Oh wow." That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, his natural speaking voice doesn't even sound like mm. Snake. You know? <laughs> yeah, like his his throat would hurt after some sessions, yeah. you would say. Yeah. But, you know, that I think that's the thing. And I think um, Hater's always willing to do Metal Gear stuff. Like, uh, Well, he was a fan of it himself. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's a really good writer on his own, too. Yeah. And the thing is, is that really interesting is, like, the guy who does Liquid Snake... Um, Oh, Robert Atkin Downs. Brother. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he, he's been on YouTube recently a lot. Yeah. Just using that voice. That's awesome. And that character and different, like they, uh, 
like he he and uh, David Hayter got together and uh, read uh, the night before Christmas oh, <laughs> in those voices. Awesome. <laughs> and it's like I think that was in 20, 2018. I'll need to find that. Yeah, it's uh, it, I think it's still out there. But yeah, I'm they sure did it I back in twenty eighteen, where they both sat and just read it together in That's... the character voices, <laughs> which was really funny. Um, but yeah, they um, yeah the 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 casting of Kiefer Sutherland was very interesting. I didn't hate it. Yeah. But when I saw how they used him, I was like, why did you cast him if you weren't going to use him? Yeah. You know, and I'm just, thinking, I feel like I he had more expensive. dialogue in ground zeros than he did in the entirety of. Oh, for sure. <laughs> the last game. Oh, for sure. Uh, but you know, I mean, I didn't have any issue with Kiefer, but <clears throat> no, but yeah, he just wasn't hater. Yeah. Not my snake. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't snake. Yeah. But regardless, um, kept you waiting. Huh? It, it, <laughs> yeah Metal Gear Solid 5 is notoriously documented as being incomplete anyway like the, it is the, the last two or three was oh, it 50 mission 52 or 53 or something yeah it was supposed to have like two or three extra chapters yeah uh, that were supposed but to be but that's because there. Kojima and uh, uh, Konami had a falling out though wasn't it yeah because they said we're releasing this now but I'm not done no we're releasing this now we're yeah. not giving you any that more a, money that was a sad day well yeah but it's like, you know, it had to happen. But, uh, in, yeah. in a way, when you really look at the situation, both were to blame. Yeah. Konami was really not wanting to make games anymore. Kojima was, you know, wanting to make this grand opus to be his final Metal Gear. Yeah. But at the same time, when seeing what we did get, it's um, it really raises questions, which I'll, I'll just go ahead and ask you this. What, what do you think Metal Gear is better in? in where do you think it's better as a more focused, tighter, um, linear type of experience? Or do you think it could thrive in that open world um, Metal Gear Solid Five sort mm. of gameplay? Because that was my biggest issue with Metal Gear Solid Five was the fact that narratively and gameplay too wise, too open-ended, too wide open. I mean, yeah, yeah, it gave you a lot of emergent gameplay um, opportunities for messing with people, but it didn't feel focused. Yeah, I a lot of the mechanics worked well mm-hmm. in the open world situation, but, but the story lagged from it. And it ceased being a stealth game at that point. In my yeah. Opinion. Cause you could literally just go in blasting everything yeah, and take in a tank, yeah. whatever, drop in whatever. Yeah. You could sit from afar and just take everybody out. Yeah. Get your own metal gear. I mean, you can just go loud. I mean, yeah. it ceased like, really being a true there was, stealth espionage. Yeah. There wasn't much need for the stealth. Right. Like you could, you could do stealth and it was fun. Yeah. But it was also more challenging because it was such an open world. Yeah, which I don't mind the challenge. Yeah. But it, at the same time, I've kind of felt it kind of lost its soul a little bit. A little. I mean, it was good, but I do... Th- well, I mean, the first Metal Gear Solid, like, it was linear, but, like, it, there was things in the game where it gave you reason to go back to certain areas. Right. Like, with that key card that you yes. have to change the temperature of. Yes. Like, sometimes you have to go back to a hot area or a cold area. To, like, before you can progress in the game. And, like, when you'd have to go back into these areas, you know, they were a little different. And that was reusing your resources. Yeah. But it made sense because you're in a small uh, compound. Yeah. But, yeah, the linear aspect of it, I think, did the game well. Mm -hmm. Um, It kept things focused. It did. Like what I said. It was very focused. And I think that's where Metal Gear thrives and in its storytelling as well is in that tight focused where... I think Metal Gear Solid 3 got it the best. 
Yes. You know, where you had wide open areas. They did. But then you also had but it was still closed linear. in areas. Yeah, it was still linear, though. Yeah, but you still had that focus of this is my mission. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. Where Metal Gear Solid Five seemed to be Metal too Solid- many distractions. Yeah, they had too many options if if that's that's what i would say they had too many options yeah. like they had a lot of cool mechanics um that you could implement yeah, the fulton system but it fultoning and then like the whole mother base like the mother base stuff that was involved in itself very much so that was a that was a whole nother there was game. a lot of micromanagement and like yeah, that was soldier a whole management game on its own and but yeah it was too much mm-hmm. so you really lost focus of a lot of stuff right and the story, like, unless you really paid attention to it, like, you would just lose track of what was yeah. actually going on. It felt very kitchen sinky. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, the ambition, maybe it was just too ambitious for its own good. I, I think it could have done better than it did. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's because he didn't have the time to actually. Yeah. I mean, we'll never really complete know it like you true wanted. answer to that. But I know. think it definitely had good potential, though, as an open world type game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the open world thing can work. Because it starts out really good, like the first 20 or 30 oh, for sure. missions. Yeah, it's very then, engaging. Th- then it hits a point where it's like... They start adding in all these different layers. Like, now what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for me, it kind like, of... I don't really want to progress anymore. I'm just going to go roam around. Yeah, for me, it kind of uh, fell off when um, they started adding in all these different layers of... Um, Oh, there's an S-class soldier. There's an A-class soldier. Yeah, you need to get him the, for your that's, base. That's and, that micromanagement I was talking about. Yeah. Like, it just kind of like, Yeah, I'm like, no. it, it, all these little distractions. And I was like, wait a minute, aren't, aren't I supposed to be doing this? Aren't I supposed to be yeah. doing that? And in scope of the narrative, you know, uh, as all open world games do, is... Like, if they would have implemented that after you beat the game, yeah, that would have been a different thing. Yeah, as, uh, you know... Like, end here's game. a reason to keep playing. Yeah, as an end game activity. But, like, they gave it to you early on. Yeah, right there. Yeah, as an end game activity would have been perfect. Yeah. But as uh, during the game activity, which the single player story and everything was really getting overbloated, you know, the yeah. whole thing with languages and. Like, it was things. cool at first. Yeah. But then eventually, it's just, I think when you move, made the switch over to like the more jungly section of Africa or whatever. Mm-hmm. or in Africa. Um, that's when it kind of started to lose its luster, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it could have, it could have used some, some more different environments. Yeah. Outside of desert. And yeah. The forest. desert environment got rolled. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, thank God there was the forest. And you know, and even though it was an open world, there still were a lot of limitations. There were, there, there really were. It, it, it still was very like, funneled mm-hmm. like if you wanted to get over here you had to go a long way this way or a long way this way or you have to take the helicopter yeah the different areas than the way they set up the environments yeah I mean, it's like it just felt like might have been better if there were more traditionally story-based and linear mission-based yeah. maybe but you know like, which there were some areas that were like that like you could only go one way or whatever right but then it's like after you did that, there was no reason to go back up in there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could go back to different missions, and the way that they actually, the way they actually organized the game in in episodes. Yeah. That was really strange too. Yeah. That that felt kind of weird to me. So. I mean, it was cool how you could be roaming, and then like 
you highlight a mission or whatever, and when right. you go to it, it like goes into the mission. Right. But there's there's pros and cons to the whole yeah. game. Yeah. But you know, I mean, with that being said about Metal Gear Solid Five, let's talk about Kojima himself on this. Yeah. Because do you think that at this point, do you think Metal Gear is so synonymous with Kojima that nobody else can make a Metal Gear game? <sighs> to me, no. Yeah. I don't think anyone else could. Yeah. Because I think in in the light of things, unlike, you know, we I, I've been talking about comparing Metal Gear with Star Wars a lot. Yeah. When it comes to Star Wars, I think Star Wars kind of outgrew its creator. Yeah. Where it just became bigger than George Lucas himself. Yeah. And when he was just in there, I mean, yeah, he should be there to guide it, but I don't think well, he should be all Well, Star Wars, all... they had their ups and the downs, too. Like, oh, The Mandalorian, yeah. it's a great show. I yeah, think. and also being made by other creators, right? Yeah. Now. And so, but, <laughs> but like episodes one, two, and three, and then even the newer ones, even they had their moments. It's like, eh. yeah, but, yeah. But we also know that you know something like Star Wars being away from its creator can also be can be of, good, can be good, but uh, it can also be bad. You yeah, know? like Star Wars has been very up and down, up it and has. down ever since it left his hands. But you know, with I think this is just the nature of games versus movies yeah to where games are so crafted on on a level on an interactive level yeah where it's not passive you know it, it's like it demands a viewer or player interaction yeah and that's where i think kojima just i mean he knew how to get you involved in the game like yeah, the to way draw that, you in uh, of all creators game creators out there out of anybody else kojima is legitimately one of the few out there, you can probably count them on your hand, that actually you can legitimately say on a literal, on the most literal sense ever, that he thinks outside of the box. Oh, definitely. You know, definitely. When he looks at the dual, 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 dual shock controller, he he looks at that and goes, "Ooh, vibration! What can I do with that?" Imagine what he could have done with the PlayStation Five. Well, that's the thing. That's another thing. What would he do with the dual sense controller? Oh my god, I couldn't and those imagine. Triggers. I couldn't imagine. I mean, it's like, it's going to happen. It's not going to be a Metal Gear game, unfortunately, but it's going to happen to where he's going to bring out a game and his guy, oh, so this is how you use this controller. <laughs> well, and see, the last game he came out with was, um, what was it? Death what? Stranding. Death Stranding. I never played it. Yeah, yeah that's a spe- <laughs> I, I played it. Visually, I it. it looked amazing. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a gorgeous game. But I don't think I would have enjoyed the game itself. No, you wouldn't have. I don't think you would have liked it. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked it for what it was. Yeah. I, I played it to its finish, but when I was done, I was done. <laughs> yeah, I was, was like, it. I'm through. <laughs> I'm not going back. But yeah, I mean, I mean, could you tell it was a Kojima game? Oh, for sure. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's like his. It's like you could look at that as like everything about it, from story to gameplay mechanics. It's yeah. like only Kojima would have done that. Only yeah. Kojima could have thought of something like that. Only Kojima would do that, even if somebody. So, else would you had say that idea. game was a success as far as being made by a Kojima? I'd say yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Not his best work, but. Not his best work. But still good. Obviously, his best work uh, is Metal Gear Solid 3, in my opinion. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, definitely, it's a Kojima game. It's just like any, like, artist, author, uh, director, writer, or anything like that. Yeah. It's like Metal Gear Solid will always be his masterpiece. But, you know, his other works doesn't mean they're bad. Yeah. They're just. 
they're, they're just gear. different. Not metal gears, you know. And, that, and, that, and that's <laughs> one thing that's kind of unfortunate. Unfortunate is the fact that he's so tied with the Metal Gear series. He really is. You know, it's he's so synonymous with it. Anything else is just kind of like, like anything eh, else is going to be judged against that. <laughs> you know. It's, yeah, it's and, not Metal Gear Solid though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, can he really be given the fair shake that? he deserves to have when dealing with new ideas and hopefully that you know he's gonna do other things well he will be doing other things but i but, guess like you know. i don't know i'm biased when it comes to metal gear solid right and, I, and i'm sure there's people out there that hate the game oh there are tons of people who so just can't stand like, stealth games so yeah but but yeah i mean it's like as as a creator it's like you can't take Kojima out of Metal Gear because there's just, no, just he was, so much of he him. He was Metal Gear. And his ideas and just the way he thinks and how it's I mean, like... he was in Ground Zero. He was literally in the game. <laughs> <laughs> you had to rescue him. Yeah, yeah. I remember that now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think he's in Death Stranding too. Is he? Yeah, I think... I, That's funny. I can't remember where, but yeah, I think he's in there. But a lot of people are in that game. Conan O'Brien's in that game. That's true. That you is know, true. Jeff Keeley. Just a bunch of, uh, yeah, John Voight. Celebrities Robert. are really getting into games now, aren't they? Well, that's because uh, they're our age and they've grown up playing the games that we play. Yeah. So, you know, it's like they, the gaming culture is just a part of the culture period now. And I know, mean, what's his name? The guy who played Batman or Superman. Yeah. He Henry did the Cavill? Witcher. Yeah. Like, I, thought he, I never played the Witcher games, but he was very convincing to me. Oh, he's I, very good. He's just a good actor, period. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But, but you know, it's like, but yeah, he's a big gamer. He was a big WoW player yeah. at one time. So That's funny. Probably still is. <laughs> wow. But yeah. Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, World of Warcraft. But yeah, I mean, it's like Kojima, Metal Gear, they are just they hand in hand. Same, yeah. I mean, it's like, I can't imagine somebody else. I can't imagine somebody else coming in and doing it, but it just because other people have and yeah. have done it successfully. Mm. Because there are a few games like Ghost Babble. That you, if you played that all the way through, you would say, yeah, that's a successful Metal Gear game. Yeah. Um, but he was guiding that. He was producing. Yeah. He was looking at that. Mm, don't do that. Yeah, that that works. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's... And then Rising, that was like one of his, like, the guys that was on his team that did it, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he, he was... Um, I can't remember what role he had, but yeah, he, he, t- he took over just doing that game on its own, but that was supposed yeah. to be a different game period. So yeah. okay. it's, it's, it wasn't meant to be, you know, hardcore stealth espionage. Yeah. Or anything. That was supposed to be like a hack and slash yeah. straight up action game. And, um, but yeah, but now it's like, you got to wonder is like, are we ever going to get another metal gear? Honestly, probably not. And you know, and if the, we do, I don't know how well it's going to do. Yeah. I don't think we're going to ever get a new metal gear, but I think we probably will get some remakes. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I would love if they came out with a bundle of all the Metal Gear Solid games mm, on a PlayStation. Somewhere. Oh. Because they've got they've I got bundles. Love, I would love to play them all again. Yeah, they made bundles for the PlayStation 3. They made bundles true, they for did. the PlayStation. I mean, I got a PlayStation 3 bundle sitting on yeah. a bookshelf over here. They need to I've do got, that on um, the 4 or 5. I would love that. Uh, and rumors are heating up that Metal Gear Solid is getting remade for the PS5 from the ground up. Oh, I would love that. Who knows what that's going to look like? Uh, is it going to be a straight just port with better graphics or are they literally doing like a Resident Evil style, you know, remake you know, where know. they're, where it's going to be third person and not isometric 
Um, yeah. You know, I mean, who knows what that's going to be? Um, well, they did. What was it on the GameCube? They did the Twin Snakes or whatever. Yeah, they like did a, do the Twin Snakes. Yeah, they re-recorded all the dialogue. Yeah. They rewrote some of the dialogue that didn't make sense. Uh, they actually did recast. Um, it wasn't. Ter- a few I remember playing it. It wasn't terrible. No, but the fact that they had first person, yeah, snapping to first person, that broke that game. Yeah, because it <laughs> it's like, oh, that's what the ceiling looks like. Okay. Yeah, but it broke the game mechanics in many ways. Where it's like you're in that Vulcan Raven fight, and, yeah, and you're just running around. And you can go first person, just wait for him to come around a corner. <laughs> just, it, yeah, it, it didn't do good things for that game. But um, it was made for the top down. Yeah, I mean, it was all the game was made that that uh, was. Not to be in first person yeah. at any time you wanted to, unless you had the specific weapons. The sniper rifle. But, <laughs> yeah, you weren't supposed to have that ability until sti- you got the, those. The stinger. It, it, it had stinger a missile person. didn't yeah. have first person, but you could remote control it around. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, remember how it's like you had to remote control it around um, some lasers and stuff in a that's server room. Right. Yeah, that was um, before the, the cyborg ninja. Fight. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Who knows what a remake would look like for sure. It's but, hard to say, yeah. Yeah. But um, also, you know, apparently a movie is moving forward. Oh, God. Um, they uh, Reports are coming out that Oscar Isaac, uh, the guy who played Poe Dameron if, from if Star Wars. If you want that, just go watch Escape New York or whatever it was called. Escape from New York. Yeah. <laughs> Escape from L.A. <laughs> Escape from, yeah, Escape from L.A. Yeah, it was Escape from New York was the first one. Um, yeah. L.A. is just, no, you don't want to watch that one. That's, that's where he got Snake the idea Plissken. for Snake, wasn't it? Yeah. That's how you got the inspiration for yeah. the character. But it's such a cheesy movie. But yeah, but I don't know. Who knows what the future of the Metal Gear franchise um, is? But let's just hope that Sony says, hey, we'd like to buy that off of you, Konami. And then they go, hey, Kojima, guess what we have? <laughs> and then Kojima goes, you know what? I could do that again. You think he'd want to, though? No, <laughs> probably yeah. not. But. I'd well, because Metal Gear Solid Five was supposed to be his like last hurrah or whatever. Wasn't yeah, it? the button. So was Metal Gear Solid Three and Four. True. You know, but here's the thing: I'm thinking he'd probably be willing to oversee it. Yeah. You know, not, maybe not in a direct hands-on sort of way, but you know. But, yeah, I would just. It, I'd have to see what they're what they got if they uh, were going to be making another one. Yeah. But you know, just. But if he was to work on a new one with the new system. Oh, could the technology oh my goodness. entice him back into that universe? I think it could. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. He might just be done with that series altogether. Yeah, I don't know. But at, at, at the same time, though, I'm perfectly fine if he doesn't. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd rather be left wanting than disappointed. True. Um, oh, it's like the whole Half-Life situation. Episode, episode exactly. Episode three never happened. Exactly. So, you People know. waited and waited and waited. And, and waited again, and I'd rather happened. be want left wanting than disappointed. Yeah. Because I think that's all you would get from that. It's disappointment. But I think a lot of people would, really. Because everybody has their idea of what that game should be. And I think that's the same thing with Metal Gear. Everybody has an idea of what that game should be. Yeah. And um, I think the audience has just shrunken for that kind of game. I mean, let's talk about the stealth game generally in, in general. You have a lot of game. Like, everything's hybrid now. Yeah. You know, everything's so hybridized. It's like you don't have just a straight up stealth game anymore. We don't have Splinter Cell anymore. No. We don't have I mean the only real stealth game that's still out there in a big way that isn't indie or whatever is the Hitman series. Oh yeah. It's it's very much a stealth game. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's not the same though. It's not the same. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, it's good in its own right, but it's not the same. Yeah. I mean, it's not stealth espionage in the sense no. that Splinter Cell or Metal Gear was. It's like Well, even Hitman itself has changed a lot since the first one. That's for sure, yes. It has changed drastically. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, the early Hitman games used to be puzzle games. Yeah. Where it's like, this is how you do it. This is the best way to do it. And maybe the only way you should do it. And then they opened up a lot, which wasn't a bad thing. But, you know. Those, those games are hard. Yeah. Uh, I had the last one and it was, it was hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're hardcore stealth games. But they really they're, are. But the, like you said, they're different stealth kind of games. Yeah. They're not like a get from point A to point B uh, objective based games where they have purpose. Yeah, they're just like, this is your target. Do it however you want. Here's mm-hmm. all the options you have. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh. Okay. Yeah, it's very much just a goal-oriented yeah. sort of thing where, like like I said, Metal Gear, everything that you did, it meant something. Yeah. It had purpose. It did. You know, same thing could be self- said with Yeah, because like, I could sit around for hours waiting for the right moment in Metal Gear Solid and be fine with it. Right. But like games like Splinter Cell or Hitman that got old with me very quick. Yeah. Like cuz you would in Hitman for sure. Like you'd have to wait for right opportunities for the characters to be where they need to be for you to do the things you need to do. Right. And it's just like the waiting time in that game was just like this sucks. <laughs> 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 like is there a like speed up time button or like yeah, and these days you can get really creative with the game. It's like okay, if I plan this out, he's gonna be here, he's gonna be there, and then I'm gonna whack him with a chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Hitman it just didn't have the same pull as the Metal Gear Solid series did. Yeah, yeah, they're just they're just, they're just two different games, really. Yeah, just flat out. But yeah, I think I think we're gonna have to you know replay those games. I would love to find some way or another. I mean, I got an original PlayStation. I've got a PlayStation. I got got the original. I have the original game uh, for PlayStation one still in its original packaging when I first bought it. Um, I mean, we could do it. I've, I've got them all in some form or another. Eric's got them. I know he does. Uh, I mean, I think we both have the ability to just play them on their original systems too. Yeah. So, might have to do some finagling. No, I don't have. I, a, I have an original TV. I can plug the PlayStation into, so we can do it really retro. Yeah, but you know, I used to use a monitor. Yeah, yeah, monitors work. Yeah. I had the little click button. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. but yeah, we 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 probably should do a retrospective on that sometime. Just play through it and just just for just sitting here talking about them has made me want to play oh them. yeah i mean it just makes you go because mm. i i think about it i'm like oh i remember oh and i remember this oh and that yeah and it's like oh dang it now i want to yeah. play it again yeah especially metal gear solid 2 for some reason i really want to play that one again me too and and for like, me it's like when i think about that game i think of riding i get real sour but but at the same time not it anymore was, it was a good game yeah but not anymore. Yeah. For me, I kind of understand where I was going and what I was trying to do. Like in my head here, like I'm visualizing some of the areas and it's just like oh, that feeling. Yeah. Like it has such a strong emotional. That's pull. a game I really wouldn't mind having an HD remake of. Oh, yeah. You know, where you just redid the textures, the character models and just left it alone. Yeah. I, I would like that. I mean, Vamp, he was a great enemy in that one. <laughs> the, the fact that Vamp stuck around for as long as he did yeah. was always amazing to me. Oh, that's right. He was in four. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, it, oh, man. I remember the cinematic trailers that came out for four um, of the cutscenes that came out and was like, oh, man, this game looks 
awesome. Yeah. I mean, I remember having them on my computer and just mm-hmm. watching them over and over they again. They did. They looked amazing. Yeah. Then the game came out and it was like, I felt like I've seen this before, Skip. <laughs> yeah. I know. The first playthrough is always watch everything. Yeah. And then the second playthrough is like, skip, 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 skip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, man. Yeah. Well, I think that's about all I have to say about Metal Gear. How about you? Yeah, me, me too. I mean, I think we fanboyed out. out. I think I purged myself good. Yeah, I think I, <laughs> yeah, if Eric was here, we'd probably be here for another hour. Yeah. <laughs> just because of his input. Yeah. But, you know. But. Metal Gear Solid series. Check yeah. it out if you can. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid. None of this conversation probably made any sense to you if you're not a fan. Yeah, if you're not a fan. Because no. the, it was not structured. It was not. <laughs> it was just here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. But, you know, if if you got it and you understood it, our hearts are with you. Yes. We wish you all a happy holiday, wherever you are. May it be a very Metal Gear <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Metal Gear Christmas. <laughs> so, with that... My name is James. I'm Brandon. Thank you for coming, my friend. This has been <laughs> very fun. Thank you. It's really nice just letting go like that. So with that, this has been the LO Gaming Podcast. Thank you for listening. Come back next time in the in the next year. We're out. <laughs>